again for another round. How are y'all doing? I'm trying to get this volume thing figured out on the music, but I don't know. If it don't work, let me know. I've heard a couple people saying stuff about it, and I just don't want it to be too much. Um, so, first and foremost, I want to thank, uh, thank all the fathers out there. Wish everybody a happy Father's Day, because, uh, you know, without y'all, we wouldn't be here. I know you didn't do a whole, whole lot to get us here, but, you know, you're <laughs> we're here. Um, no, I'm playing. Um, I myself am a father, and I'm very grateful for my children and, and the love that they share for me. And uh, got really cool gift for that, but we'll, we'll get into that. Today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do kind of a little different, something a little different for us. Uh, we're going to do kind of a deep dive on uh, a distillery. Um and a bottle, <laughs> kind of the same distillery, bottle from the distillery, obviously. Um, but first, um, you know, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into that, but uh, we're going to talk about Still Austin today. Um, some of you are familiar with it, some of you aren't. If you're not, you're fixing to understand it. <clears throat> so, I, like I said, I'm recording this on Father's Day. Um, it's the middle of the day, it's hot as balls. And, um, I can't even do it in my shed. Yeah, it's like 98 degrees in the shed with the air conditioner on. Not a good look. So I'm in my son's room. I told the kid to be quiet. Give me, you know, an hour. Be quiet and, uh, let me, let me knock this out. Um, so they're, they're obliging since it is Father's Day. They're being, being nice. So if you hear any background noise or something like that, it's, it's the kids. Uh, you have to excuse them. But, um, so also today is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, babe. Yeah, I don't know if she listens or not. You know, it's kind of crazy, but I don't care. Anyway, um, so we decided that we wanted, she wanted to go out for her, for her birthday, but she didn't want to do it today because today being Father's Day, she wanted us to spend time at home. I was like, I'm down with that. So we actually went into town, um, uh, we went into Austin on Thursday night, um, and we stayed in this really cool hotel downtown, uh, we had been at it before, but we wanted to go back and get some really cool stuff, um, we were able to, okay, a couple, oh, crap, it's been months ago, I had got on the Whiskey Tribe, uh, Facebook group, um, and I asked them where, like, a cool cocktail bar was, we were going to San Antonio or something for something, and I was asking where a really cool cocktail bar, like not like, you know, slinging drinks cocktail. Like I want a crafty, like we were watching a show on Netflix, like I think it's called Cocktail Masters or something like that, and they were like doing all these infusions and you know all this stuff, you know, really cool stuff. So I was like, is there any of those bars around here? Well, they named one um, that was in Austin. And they were like, hey, you really need to try this one. The issue is, it's like, they have to do like a background check on you and make sure you're fit for their thing. So, um, I tried to do it uh, when we went to Austin the last time, a couple months ago. And um, it didn't it didn't go through. You know, it hadn't, hadn't been enough time or whatever. I don't know what they do. I don't know if they, you know, uh, check your credit score or whatever. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. But, um... Yeah. So, 
just like I'm trying to check my levels. I feel like my levels are a little low, um, but it might just be me. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they. Uh, uh, what was I saying? See, I got all off topic now. Anyway, so when we were going back this way, I this time I wanted to make sure we were able to get into this this uh, this bar. So now, granted, my wife and I are not real big bar people. You know, we don't we don't do that. We're not bar flies and stuff like that. No, no disrespect if you are, but we're not. You know, I'd rather drink at the house like a normal person. Anyway, um, so I gotta you have to go online and do this. You know, you have to stand on one foot and do all this stuff. You gotta know a guy. Anyway, um, so we actually got a reservation. And so Thursday night, we got into the room, and of course, in typical me fashion, um, I go, and we we live in a small town, and our bank is a small bank, and um, I use some of my business account from personal, and whatever, it doesn't matter, that's none of your business, anyway, so um, I was trying to pay for the room uh, with my debit card. Well, the issue was I had already spent some money that day, and the amount that they were trying to withhold, because they always withhold more than the actual room is, just for cover incidentals, like if you're going to steal towels or something, I don't know. So it wouldn't it wouldn't let me, because I had meet, met my daily limit of money that, if that was to go through, I would have met my daily limit of money. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, oh crap. So anyway, we ended up making it work, and it was fine. But, you know, it's typical fashion when you're trying to get away for a little bit and it just turns into a, a show. Anyway, so we go up to the room, get changed, and uh, go to this this little uh, bar. Well, it's actually like a speakeasy, which is really cool. So you go up to this random door on the side of the street, which is like a locked gate. They, you, they text you a code. You put the code in. You go down these stairs. You know, it's really, really cool. You go down these stairs. Oh, before that, we went and had a really cool uh, uh, piece of pizza. But it was it was awesome. I don't remember what the... 818? Anyway, really good pizza. Detroit-style pizza. You know, for all my juggalos out there. Whatever. Um, but, so we went there, and so the guy's like, well, what's your name, blah, blah, blah. So we got it, and we go inside. And you have to go down more stairs. So it's in, like, some basement, you know. It's, it's pretty cool. And uh, we get greeted by this, like, eight-foot-tall stuffed polar bear or something like that. So we get in there, and the lady's like, okay, blah, blah, here's a complimentary drink. And it was some Prosecco or something. I'm like, whatever, I don't want that. Uh, but I drank it because, you know, it was free. And I'm not German, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> I act like. Anyway, so we get inside, and they're like, you want to sit at the bar or where? And we've always had really good results sitting at the bar. We always end up having the best time, you know, stuff like that. I promise we're going to get into Still Austin. Just calm down. Um, <laughs> uh, so we go we go sit at the bar, and we're right by the, like, the server station and stuff like that. It is the coolest place. Like, it's underground. There's barely any light. You know, the type of bar you like. But it's not smoky. It's not like obnoxiously loud music playing. Um, it's just a cool vibe, right? So you're like, all right, this is going to be awesome. So we sit down, and right away, 
I see 20 different little jars of concoctions and bitters and all these different things that they've either made or they, you know, whatever. And so basically what they do is they make a lot of the cocktails and then like they do things to them, like uh, fat wash them or milk wash them or whatever. Um, they light them on fire. They blow smoke into them like it's a full on thing. It was so awesome. So I got this one cocktail. It's called the whiskey soda. I'm the whiskey guy, so I got a whiskey soda, but it was the 2.0. And I was like, what does that mean? They're like, well, it's the second rendition of the whiskey soda that we make, but it was a milk-washed cocktail. And so basically, I'm going to do a YouTube video about it. So if you want to know more about it, I'll link it. I'm not doing it right now, so it'll be probably a couple weeks before I do it, but uh, make sure and keep out look for that. So basically, it softens the cocktail, and they basically put everything in there, and then milk washed it. And uh, but they used Ardbeg Ten, which if, if you know Ardbeg, Ardbeg is a very peaty uh, Isla Scotch. Uh, so I was, exp I'm like, and I love it. So don't you know? Don't get me wrong. I would have had it straight up the way it was, but they washed it with the. I don't know what all they put in there. There was a couple of things that were in there. And then they put they just put soda water on top of it. Oh my god. It was probably the one of the best cocktails I've ever had in my life. No lie. No lie. That's what I'm trying to recreate. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, I have to have this again. Um, so that was really cool. But uh my wife had a really awesome cocktail too, and then she had another one that had uh, cotton candy on top of it. Uh, really strange. And there was ones that they would blow a bubble on them, on top of them. And the bubble had smoke inside it. And you pop the bubble and the smoke goes all, you know, it's really, really niche. But you have an hour and a half, that's it, that you're there. And we Ubered, which was nice because, you know, that way you could have a couple cocktails and not have to worry about driving back, you know what I mean? Even though, like, I feel like the cocktails were really low proof, um, you know, because my tolerance, especially after eating one piece of pizza all day, wasn't, you know, like, I wasn't even tipsy at all, so, mm-hmm, you know, we gotta stay hydrated, um, but, yeah, anyway, super cool, uh, so then we had fun, the next day, we went back to the hotel, the next day, uh, we got up and went and sat by the pool, and like typical old people. <laughs> oh God, I'm so old now. We, there was a, there's a bunch of construction going on right downtown Austin, right? Big skyscrapers going in and stuff. We were sitting by the pool, literally commenting on everything they were doing. Look at him, they're putting concrete out. Oh no, he has his harness on. Oh, he's drilling holes in the con you know whatever. And we're like, you're so old. We we were listening to other people. It was like a bachelorette party there and stuff like that in the pool. And they were talking about what bar they were going to go to. And like, oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. You know, like stuff like that. We were like, oh, look, 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 he's carrying a hammer. You know, <laughs> so old. Anyway, it was fun. We had a good time. Uh, but then um, we didn't do a whole lot more. Um, you know, just hung out at the pool. And then yesterday, getting into, it's, you know, 12 minutes in, but calm down yesterday on the way home 
um, I knew that Still Austin was coming out with their new um, one of their new bourbons. As as I'm talking, I'm trying to uh, pull up something, so hopefully hopefully it'll work. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we uh, so we go to uh, Still Austin, which you know I've been around whiskey a long time. I love Still Austin. I've just never been uh, been to the distillery. I bought bottles. I just never been to the distillery, and I really didn't want to go, um, you know, have a tour and all that stuff. It was hot, and I just wanted to go pick up the bottle, which I feel bad because I need to go and tour uh, the distillery. But I want to play you this uh, this little. Um, it's a it's a YouTube video on Still Austin's website. Um, hope I don't get copyrighted for this, but I'm gonna play I'm gonna play this for you. Um, hopefully it will play and you can hear it. If not, I'm sorry. It's seven minutes long, so I don't think we'll play the whole thing, but. Hi, I'm Brandon Joldersma, the Chief Operating Officer here at Still Austin Whiskey Company. And we're here on a very windy day in Austin, just a couple miles south of downtown. Still Austin is the first whiskey distillery that's opened in the city limits of Austin since Prohibition. And we make everything from grain to glass right here on site. Today, I'm here to tell you a little bit more about that. That's in 2015, we started Still Austin Whiskey Co. because we love whiskey. We love the city of Austin, and we love the people that live here. When we were dreaming up Still Austin, we saw an opportunity to create our own kind of distillery. Through a combination of attention to detail, hard work, and good old-fashioned Texas luck, we're working to bottle the incomparable spirit of our home city in a way that celebrates the people who make this city so rich and unique. If you haven't seen them yet, these are our flagship bourbons. The Musician and Cast Strength. The Musician is a straight bourbon whiskey that's bottled just at under 100 proof. It's great by itself or used in your favorite cocktail. And the Cast Strength is our more intense version of this bourbon mash bill, bottled at the same proof it's aged at in barrel. So We do everything at Still Austin from grain all the way to glass. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes to get this, and it starts with Texas farmers. The farms across Texas's beautiful landscape make everything that we do possible, which is why we're committed to local partnerships and sustainability. Our grain is sourced from a few Texas farmers who provide us with the highest quality white corn, rye, malted barley, and other grains as well. Working with the highest quality local grains and milling them here on site the same day that we cook the mash produces a better flavor from the very beginning. And by partnering with Texas farmers, we're keeping with our mission to invest in our local community. This is where production magic happens. It represents the crossroads between artistry and craftsmanship. This is where we transform humble Texas grains into greatness. Inside these silos are 100% Texas grains and one of our main ingredients, Texas white corn. After the ingredients are milled, they're pumped into our cooker. Technically to be a bourbon, the mash bill must be at least 51% corn and our flagship bourbons are 70% corn, 25% rye and 5% malted barley. With 25% rye in the mash bill, our bourbons are considered to be high rye. Once the cook is completed, the mash will have a consistency of a watery porridge. Then the mixture is cooled, 
Yeast is added and it's pumped into one of our fermentation tanks where it ferments for around three days. Once all the sugars have been converted into alcohol, we have 10 to 12% ABV distiller's beer. It tastes flat, sour, and warm. So it's not necessarily delicious quite yet, it is perfect for distilling. Once we have our distiller's beer, it's pumped over here into our main still, Nancy. Nancy is the beating heart of our whiskey production. At 42 feet tall, we had to remove a section of the roof just to accommodate her. Nancy was custom made for us by Forsyth in Scotland. And while it may seem small compared to the larger operations in Kentucky and Scotland, it's a big still for a craft distillery and allows us to make an awful lot of whiskey. The distiller's beer is pumped into Nancy and preheated before entering the midsection of the still, about two-thirds of the way up, where it will slowly cascade down. As it comes down, steam is blasted up from the bottom, and as the two pass each other, the steam extracts the alcohol out of the beer. As the alcohol vapors rise up from the base of the column, they condense into distillate and collect on the different plates depending on the temperature. Nancy processes six gallons per minute, and so after about six hours of distilling, we end up with six barrels. Once this is done, we have our pure, unaged, colorless whiskey. From here, we take this whiskey to the Rick House in Central Texas to be placed in barrels to age. Much of a whiskey's flavor, in all of its color, comes from the barrel it's aged in. Our barrels come from a family-run cooperage in Missouri and are made from white oak, sustainably sourced in the Ozarks. The barrels they make for us are toasted first and then given a level three char, which means that the interiors are torched for 35 seconds. This helps to prime the barrel, making it easier for the whiskey to draw more desirable flavors from the wood. As the whiskey ages, it's greatly influenced by the climate. During the warm weather, the whiskey expands and seeps into the barrel's wood. When it cools, the spirit contracts, drawing the flavors and character back out of the barrel. This is how you can start with a fairly neutral new make and end up with a rich amber fluid with deep notes like vanilla, toasted bread, bananas, or cherry. The more spirit expands and contracts in the barrel, the more flavors and color you'll experience. Compared to Kentucky and Scotland, Texas climate is a rocket ship in a horse race. For each year a barrel spends aging in Texas, you would need to spend two to three years in Kentucky or closer to seven years in Scotland to develop similar characteristics. Austin's chaotic climate means that we have to taste our barrels frequently to ensure a consistent flavor profile, but it also allows us to create exceptional bourbons more quickly than other, more moderate regions. Most bourbons are proofed down from barrel proof by adding water just before bottling, but we do something much more time consuming that we believe results in a more flavorful, well-rounded bourbon. When we proof our straight bourbon, we use a technique called slow water reduction. As our whiskey rapidly ages in the barrel thanks to our unique climate, it also evaporates much more quickly than it would in Kentucky or in Scotland. We've found that at different proofs, whiskey extracts a wider variety of flavors from the barrel. So we incrementally add small amounts of water into the barrels as they age to compensate for the extreme Texas climate. Our slow water reduction process allows us to create a more complex, well-rounded bourbon that you wouldn't get by just adding water all at once right before bottling. Once our bourbon has been aged for about two and a half years, it's brought back here to our distillery, where we fill each bottle, add labels, and ship them off. We can't talk about our process without talking about our tasting room. This is where it all comes together, our main stage, where our Okay, well, they go into their tasting room and all that stuff. Um, hopefully that came through on the audio. I'll make sure and double check it.
Um, but anyway, they're doing really cool stuff. Really cool stuff over there. Um, like I say, they're, um, let me turn the music down because I'm going to blow my ears out when I turn it back on later. Sorry. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's, uh, organic as well, which, you know, it matters, but it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's distilled, so it's, it's not like you're going to get any of those GMOs to come over, but, so we went over there and, sorry, I'm burping into the mic, this is awesome, awesome podcast, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, so we went over there and I picked up the new bottling, which is a red corn bourbon. Now you're like, okay, it's just red corn, not a big deal. Well, it is a big deal because they use what they call Jimmy Red Corn. Which Jimmy Red Corn gives a really earthy, almost spicy note to it. Uh, they obviously do not use that, what did they say, 70%? They don't use 70% Jimmy Red because it would overpower. I think it's more like 15 to 20% Jimmy Red. And this bottle that I got is the first of four releases that they are doing within the next year, I think. I'm not certain. Um, I know there's one for fall, there's one for winter, and then there's one for spring again. Uh, this one is obviously the summer. And um, I just posted a, a video on my YouTube, or a, a post on my YouTube where I'm sampling it. Um, and it has a snake inside a cactus on it. You know, like, so it's like for the hot summer. And it is a little more spicy than a normal bourbon would be which I enjoyed, obviously. Um, and I also said that it was bottled in bond. Well, and I think we have, but I'm not 100% certain um, that we talked about what bottled in bond actually means. Um, so, if I have, I apologize. But if I haven't, let's get into what bottled in bond is. Now, it doesn't mean as much to us right now as it did back in the 1800s um right during prohibition uh, you know the thing that we hate to talk about uh during prohibition there was bootleggers and the bootleggers would make whiskey what they called whiskey out of whatever they had um some of it they would put sulfuric acid in some of it they would put bath salts in some of it, they would put, uh, oh gosh, it was rubbing alcohol. Um, anything, I mean, it's going to get you drunk, but it's going to burn like fire. And people thought, well, I can't get alcohol, so that's what I'm going to have to drink. So, I am, <laughs> I, I tried to come prepared today, you know? So I'm reading from the book Tasting Whiskey by Lou Bryson. I've already talked about this book. Um, in the past, probably one of the greatest whiskey books on the market. So, <laughs> what's so special about Bottled and Bond Whiskey? If people know all about it, they're more, more than likely saying, sorry, I can't read, so you're going to have to just work with me. I'm a left-handed Pollock and I can't read. Okay? They most likely think that it means it's 100 proof. Well, it's a lot more than that. It meets the requirements of the Baldwin Pond Act of 1897. That means all of the whiskey in the bottle 
has to be at least, and there's bullet points, you ready? At least four years old. That is the youngest whiskey in the mix, right? You can have older. That just has to be the youngest. It has to be bottled at no more or less than 100 proof. Um, I, I think the reason they, did, they didn't do it more was to save on, you know, uh, bottles. It can have no other additives other than pure water. That's a big one. Remember, because I said they were putting, like, sulfuric acid and, like, all of these caramel colors and all this stuff to make it look like, um, you know, whiskey. Um, it must be labeled and produced from the distillery where it was made. And if different, a distillery should should put where it was bottled. So if you didn't make it, you need to put where you made where it was made from. And it needs to be a product of only one distillery and made by the same master distiller in one distilling season of a single year. So, like let's say you can't have a batch that you make I'm guessing see they used to back in the day they used to divide the distilling seasons into two. They would have a spring and a fall. So it would have to be from one of those seasons. You couldn't mix them. Now we have distilling years. You can't mix years. So if you're distilling at midnight on, you know, December 31st, you can't mix those two batches. Um, think about that last one. All the whiskey in the bond is guaranteed, guaranteed to be made by the same person at the same distillery in one season, making single malts from one all making them all from one distillery. But bonding today is not exclusive to whiskey. They're usually pretty cheap. Well, you know, they can be. Um, uh, then he starts talking about how he Heaven Hill bottled in bond, old granddad bottled in bond, uh, blah, blah, blah. Rittenhouse. Uh, there's a bunch of, of uh, bottled in bond whiskeys out there. But, Let's talk about Texas, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Still Austin. Uh, Still Austin has not released a bottle and bond. So this is really big for them, because they had to sit on that whiskey for four years. And like he said, I'm sorry, I'm trying to move my damn feet, because I'm having to sit on the floor. Like I said, I'm too old for this. Um, <laughs> like Like he said, the, they have to actually proof the, the whiskey down in barrel because it will evaporate so much water that it will get too astringent because the alcohol will just rise and rise in, in, in proof in the barrel. And uh, one thing that you might not know, or you might know, who knows, um, one thing is the higher the proof of the alcohol inside the barrel, the more tannins, the more... Um, Harsh, not, I don't want to say harsh notes. The more astringency, the more stuff like that. If you've ever had a, like a cast strength bourbon, right? You, it tastes a lot spicier than, say, a 40 proof bourbon, right? It just does. Because the alcohol is affecting the wood a lot more. So what they do, and a lot of Texas distilleries do this. They proof down in barrel. 
and that is not illegal as long as it still meets the requirements of of a bourbon or whatever because of the requirements of a bourbon says it has to be no less than 40% alcohol right so you could if you wanted to i would not do it but if you wanted to you could proof the whiskey in the barrel down to 40% and then dump it you know what i mean and bottle it right there i wouldn't do that because you know it's not greatest i guess you could it's not going to hurt it but i feel like if it's going from you know 125 percent or 115 percent alcohol and you proof it down that much i feel like you're going to get some what what they call loosing um i don't know this for a fact um i've never proofed down a huge barrel like that and i don't know if they um i've seen people uh use like a little pump and it squirts in a minute amount of water every you know, minute or two minutes, because if you proof down the whiskey too fast, why we're talking about this, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to say it real fast. Um, if you proof down the whiskey too fast, it can do what they call big nerd work. Ready? Here it comes. Saponification. Now, saponification, if you've ever had a whiskey that when you drink it, the finish on it tastes like soap. Like you have, like, you know, when you don't rinse out a glass real good after you washed it, and it has like soap in it still, and then you take a drink out of it, and it tastes like soap. Yeah, it'll taste like that. That means the, the the whiskey was proofed down too fast. And so what happens? The congeners came up, and all the esters and stuff, and they just float on the top because they're um, they're soluble. Some of them are soluble in alcohol. Some of them are soluble in water. And sometimes you can't get rid of that. You can't add more whiskey to it to bring the proof back up sometimes it's just it's done it is what it is which sucks you know because then you've almost ruined the batch um so you got to be really careful with that um where was i see i went off on the tangent and i lost what i was saying <laughs> so they they have to proof it down in the barrel to keep it from from going too high so still austin they're doing some amazing stuff. They're trying to be super green about everything they're doing, which in Austin especially, they have certain guidelines to where they have to use so much rainwater, so much this. They have to have so many green, you know, appliances that they're using. They have to use a steam jacket um, or something like that, you know, to where it's not using a bunch of water and a bunch of electricity, right? Because those are two things you know that are harder to, to come by uh but if you can use rainwater perfect because it falls from the sky and people say you know this is the uh you know dreaded day job side of me people say that well all that water that you're pulling off of your roof isn't going into the aquifer and therefore you're hurting the aquifer because you're reclaiming that water well that's not true the amount of water off of a normal roof is like one one millionth the amount of water from one inch of rain is one one millionth of the amount of water that actually goes into the aquifer right now okay i could see if you literally had a huge canopy over you know 60 square miles and you were collecting all of the rainwater from the sky for 60 miles 
yes, that it's going to affect the, the groundwater, obviously. But that's not the case. You're only collecting what's coming off your roof, so anything that's not dripping on your roof is going back into the aquifer by some way. <sighs> Sorry, not trying to get on that subject because water... <laughs> yeah, anyway, don't get me started there. Um, yeah. So, picked up the bottle, still Austin. Red, Jimmy Red, bottled and bond. I mean, like, could you find a better, you know, thing to do? Anyway, so then I also, while, while we were there, um, I picked up two bottles of the Jimmy Red, because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this, so I got two. And they were, they were pricey, but they, I think they're worth it, personally. But then I also picked up, they had a cast drink, their bourbon that's cast drink, but it was, I'm, we haven't talked about Nancy Fraley before, but in the whiskey community, look her up, please. I'm asking, you have some homework. Look up Nancy Fraley, please. Uh, she's what they call the nose of whiskey. Um, she is a blender. She is a W set taster, which means she does like judging for, you know, all the whiskey awards that people say they win. Uh, she's a judge for that. She helps people, and she helped still Austin perfect their blends because we've talked about this before too, but I'll reiterate it. Whiskey, like bourbon, scotch, whatever, it doesn't matter isn't from one barrel unless it's a single barrel that's delineates the single barrel right but whiskey is a blend of multiple barrels right so you have 15 barrels five barrels three barrels i don't know it doesn't matter how many you have it's just a blend of those now you might not use all of this one you might not use or you could use half of this one or a quarter of this one and the all of one, who knows? So the job of the blender is to create that profile that people are used to, right? So like Jack Daniels tastes like Jack Daniels because the master blender. And it tastes like Jack Daniels yesterday and it will tomorrow because of the blender. That is one person in the whole distillery that has probably one of the most underrated jobs, but is also the job that gets them where they're supposed to be. Because it is amazing, the stuff that they're having to do. And you start talking about, like, peaty scotches and stuff and trying to get that profile uh, dead on. I mean, or, like, if you have... So that's why a lot of these distilleries, especially the larger ones, they'll keep old barrels. 10, 20 year old barrels even in bourbon and they'll blend back a portion, might be 1% of that barrel back into their blend to give it a little more depth or a little more this but like these bigger distilleries, Jim Beam, Four Roses all those, they have to hit those numbers within 10% so I mean, it's just like Coca-Cola and all these other ones if you picked up a coca-cola and then you drank it and it tasted like a dr pepper you'd be like well i mean yeah you like dr pepper too but you're wanting a coke right you're like this doesn't taste like a coke and i've had some 
you know, you pick up one and you're like, that tastes weird. And it's either flat or it's got, sometimes uh, the bottles get all, you know, dirty on the inside from the manufacturing. Why are we talking about Coke? It doesn't matter. I don't drink that anymore. Anyway, um, so Nancy Fraley came in, helped them uh, do a master blend. And one of the bottles was this cast strength, but they finished it in a cognac barrel. Yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. So, I don't know when I'm going to open it. It's going to be amazing. I know it is. Uh, it's like 56%. It's not super high. I mean, you know, I've had some that are 65, 70, you know, so it's not super high. But it is uh, cast strength, obviously. So, I'm really excited about that one. But, yeah, so still Austin. I'm going to go back. It's going to be... You know, I'm going to make an afternoon of it, maybe when it's not 100 degrees outside or something like that. I'm going to go back. We're going to get cocktail. We're going to do a tour. Uh, they have a food truck there. So if, like, you know, you want to go make a lunch lunch of it, you can. Uh, they have, like, five or six different cocktails they can make. They also make gin, vodka, um, stuff like that as well. So if, if you're not – if you're uh, – better half or whatever doesn't like whiskey they have gins and stuff like that and they can make a you know a gin and tonic or whatever with it so my suggestion to you is go um i don't have the address of it right on right off hand but it's still atx.com go check them out they're they're really doing some cool stuff i have those in my texas whiskey tastings um still austin is in it every time because it's just a solid freaking whiskey um i'm excited to see what they're going to do in the future now that they're playing around with the bottled and bonds because they're going to come out with a wheat whiskey they're coming out with those their their rye that they just came out with he didn't talk about it on that video but the rye that they're coming out with um or that they have now is amazing oh my gosh it's so good um so they have three flagship whiskeys now um, and now they're bottled and bond. Now that is a special release, so I don't know if they're going to put it, you know, in in the rotation because it obviously it takes a lot longer to make a bottled and bond. But uh, yeah, I would highly suggest it. Um, so that was that was super fun, and and like literally we were there for 15, 20 minutes. But I just got like, a, yeah, just a cool place to be. Um, okay, so what else? We kind of went through Still Austin. We kind of went through Bottled and Bond. Um, oh, I guess we could talk about what today, you know, today being Father's Day. My my kids and my wife, you know, they spoiled me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm, I'm an angry old man. I don't know why they spoiled me like they do, but they do. Um, so they got me a present. You know, like they do. And what do you get, the whiskey guy? You know what I mean? You get him whiskey. Well, my wife, obviously, because my children can't buy whiskey. Um, you know, I've been going gaga over the uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Right? If you've seen any of my other videos, I've talked about them. I'm a member now. Well, my wife went online. And I was looking around on there oh, weeks, weeks back. Uh, thinking about buying a bottle because all I have is the sample bottles that came with the 
membership kit. Super good, but like I wanted to have a full bottle, and I found one because they just had their Scotland just had their big festival that they have. I can't say it. Um, it's a Scotch word, so I can't say it. But Pigalli or something. No, it's not that word. Whatever. Uh, it's a festival that they have. It's about you know celebrating the distilleries and stuff like that. And they showcased a distillery every week or whatever, they showcased a different distillery and a different region of Scotland. So you got the Highlands, Lowlands, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I found one, and I am a sucker for peach. I don't know why. I don't like oysters. My wife wanted to go eat oysters for her birthday. Don't like oysters. They're briny. They're like boogers in your mouth. Anyway, um, I don't like blue cheese too funky, you know what I mean? But I love peaty scotch. So, and it tastes just like that. But I don't know. Anyway, so, she, they ended up getting me the rare release, of course, of Campbelltown. So, there's, I think, two distilleries in Campbelltown, which is on the lower end. It's not in Isla, but it's close to it. It's on the very lower end of Scotland. It's super, it's not as briny as you would think. It's more phenolic, more like, and this is going to sound like a total turn-off tasting note, but more like burning rubber, tires, um, uh, medicinal maybe. Like, you know, like when you, you ever smell those medicated Band-Aids? That smell, it's like, like rubbing alcohol, but with like camphor on it or something, I don't know, I don't know, it's so weird, but it's so good, alright, so they ended up getting me that bottle from Campbelltown, which was the special release, of course, which was stupid expensive, I was gonna buy it, it was in my wish list, but I was like, I can't justify buying that bottle, you know what I mean, I just can't, you know, well, they got it for me, so, anyway, I'll be enjoying that here soon, very soon, <coughs> But yeah, no, it's just like, another thing I wanted to, I guess, kind of, hold on, I need to pause for refreshment. Another thing I wanted to say was, go out and try things, you know what I mean? If there's a cool local brewery around you, wherever you're at, or a distillery would be even better, but, you know, if there's a cool local brewery, Go try their beer, you know, support the people around you, wherever you're at, you know what I mean, like, be part of the community, because, like, they need your help, all of these, you know, the, not to say that Jim Beam, Jack Daniels don't need your help, too, they need you to buy bottles, too, but, like, I willingly want to go and support people like Still Austin, people like... Andalusia and Balconis and Crowder Barrel and, you know, all of these people that are doing amazing, amazing things in whiskey. Like, I can't even tell you some of the bottles that I've, I've had and that I have that, you know, these distilleries are coming out with that are just mind-blowing. Like, one of a kind, probably never going to make it again, but super cool. 
that's, I just want to say that. Go out and try different whiskeys or beers or whatever you're into. If it's a gin distillery, go talk to them. Make friends with people. Like, don't sit at your house on your computer all the time. Like, just go out and do, go and do some stuff. Um, that's my service announcement for today. Uh, I'm not trying to be on a high horse or nothing. I'm just trying to say, go out and do. Because, you know, the only reason these places stay open is because of people that go out and, uh, you know, sample their products and buy bottles from them and do stuff like that. So, uh, without the consumer, they're nothing. So we need to be the consumer. Um, and maybe, who knows, they might say, hey, you want to come in on Saturday and help us mash in? You know, you want to come help us do a distil distilling run or whatever. The next thing you know, you could be like Moose. Just saying. And be head distiller. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. So, let's talk about that real fast. I want to know what y'all thought. And uh, please leave some comments. I'm going to have a, uh, a poll um, up on this, on this podcast. Um, do you like the review? Um, not the review. This is the deep dive still Austin. Do, for one, do you like this? But also, do you like the interview type um, podcasts? You know what I mean? To where like, I actually talk to people and uh, get their feedback and stuff like that. I just need to know. So I kind of know where to, where to go. I mean, I'll, I'll sit here and talk to you forever. I don't care. Um, I just wanted to know because I have some other people lined up. Um, in and out of whiskey, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, one of my buddies talked about coming on, um, trying to get some distillers, um, you know, just people of the, of the industry, industry people that could talk about either their product or talk about, you know, what they're offering. Uh, so yeah, if you're into that, cool. Let me know, and if you're not into it, cool. Let me know, uh, <laughs> because that's that's how we how we grow this. This is a community. I want this to be a community for for all of us, um, because I can sit here and talk all day long, and if nobody's listening, then you know what's the point. Uh, I want to I want to do what y'all uh, y'all want to hear. So, with that, I uh, yeah. I'm not going to do the whole thank you and all that stuff because you, you guys, by this time, what are we on, 14? We're on 14 already. Um, by this time, you guys already know I appreciate y'all. The ones who are uh, OGs. Um, and, I, and it's kind of funny that I say that, OGs. You know what I mean? Like I'm, like I'm old in the game already. But um, I feel like it's, I don't know, it might, it might be shit. Who knows? But I feel like uh, we're slowly getting better and better. Um, I try every day to make present something a little different uh, to where it's not the same routine thing over and over again. Um, but, yeah, I just hope it's something that y'all want to want to hear. And if not, I'm going to do it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, one of the things I wanted to let you know is, and you might already know this, is I also put the interview with Moose on YouTube, the Whiskey Shaman on, on YouTube, um, 
so if you want to go see it, I don't know if it makes a difference, but if you want to see it, it's there. Um, and then all of the one, all the interviews that I do will go onto the YouTube channel. And I'm trying to do different things on that channel. Um, they they might be similar to what I'm talking about with y'all, but I'll try and do different things. Uh, that way, it kind of doesn't get monotonous, you know, over and over again. I think there's six videos, six or eight videos on there right now. Um, so go check that out if you haven't. And another really cool thing, real fast, real fast, real fast, listen. Um, I was on, <laughs> okay, so back in September of 22, um, I didn't have the podcast yet. I was a level one whiskey song back then. Anyway, it was tough times. I just started my, you know, tasting uh, website and all that stuff. Um, I did a YouTube video with my buddy Jesse. Uh, with still it and we compared spirits uh, commercial spirits from craft spirits and we kind of did a side-by-side -side comparison of that so if you all want to see that um, you can go on his page still it on YouTube he's a big bearded guy like me so <laughs> he's a Kiwi don't hold it against him okay he's a Kiwi but I'm gonna have him on Anyway, no, I'm going to hopefully have him on. I say hopefully. Um, schedule allowing. We'll have him on in, in a while. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was super fun. We uh, we drank some whiskey and it was fun. Um, so yeah, go make sure you go check that out and support him. Uh, and go check out Moose's stuff. Moose is doing some amazing stuff um, over at Andalusia. That's, that's some crazy, crazy stuff he's doing over there with rums and all that stuff. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and then, did you know he played bass in, like, a rockabilly band? Yeah. Yeah, go check it out. It's pretty crazy. Pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. Um, I consider him a friend. Good, good guy. Um, do anything in the world for you. Um, and that, and that's what I want. Like-minded people to talk to like-minded people. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we're yelling in agreement with each other. That's what I want. So, um, I hope this episode was, was acceptable to you. And um, I wanted to thank all of you. Man, I did it. I did it, didn't I? Okay, I'm going to stop. Stop it. Alright. You know, we're getting about that time. And when it's about that time, I like to come in and... Uh, Wow. So loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're going to kill me. I know you are. But anyway, thank you all again. Um, and as always, you know what to do. Keep your spirits up.